0: Let me tell you what, who deserves a shot at the United States Heavyweight. Let's hear it. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've i been sizing up guys since I came to the WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot, L Dandy. I think you're a heck of a wrestler. You're a great technician in the ring and you're a jam up guy. Whoa.
1: I don't see any Whoa. reason. Wait a minute. L Dandy has been wrestling in, in in the Cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler great wrestler, but thank goodness sakes, he's 50 pounds. Who are everything. you to, to, to doubt Al Dandy? This guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious How about,
2: a, how about hypnosis?
3: Let's get through Psychosis? Psychosis? Whatever, whatever. He's a great
2: wrestler, you
3: know. Hello, and welcome to episode 247 of the WrestleCast. I'm your host, Don DeLaRente, and I'm joined by my special guest this week, none other from the chill conglomerate. From the Charm City, y'all know who it is. It's Mo underscore Reese. What's going on, Reese? What's
4: good, Dawn? Glad to be back.
3: <laughs> yeah, man. Back for the second time?
4: No, man. Since it's the same, this back. Every time you have me on, <laughs> this is a good time to be back.
3: <laughs> yeah, man. It's always a good time to have you on here, man. I appreciate you coming through, dropping a little 411 and some knowledge, helping me review This crazy week in wrestling, WWE-centric, of course. This is the WrestleCast. We are part of the CSPN. You can find the WrestleCast on the CSPN at CSPN.us. You can also subscribe to the podcast through iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and also YouTube. So we're going to start the show with some news this week. AEW and TNT. They announced the start date for their two-hour live television show. It will debut Wednesday night, October 2nd, in the Capital One Center in Washington, D.C. So I'm expecting Anwar Starwin and possibly Miss Didi Jone to be in the building for this inaugural event.
4: Oh, that's going to be real interesting. That's the kickoff. You're kicking off in D.C. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's going to be all types of fireworks and, you know, it's going to be both barrels loaded that night. It's going to be it's going to be something telling. The tentative name for the show is Wednesday Night Dynamite. That's what they have trademarked when they filed for all the trademarks when the company was being put in formation. Uh, If that is the case and we do stay with that name, we do have a poll currently running on the WrestleCast Twitter feed for the hashtag for the live tweets. We have the Dynamite cast or the Black Dynamite cast. So please vote. poll will be up for about a week or so. So please vote so we can have a hashtag to start this thing off fresh with in October. Now to some not so good news. Our man, Jimmy Uso, got caught slipping again, got arrested for DUI. So, the rumor is that he may be finally getting some intervention from the WWE. They may be stepping in and making him take a Alicia Fox type break, is how it's been written in some of the articles I've read. So, uh, you know, they deem it serious enough for them to step in. Hopefully that does help Jimmy and uh, he can stop, you know, making these bad decisions and, and understand how to control, you know, his drinking so he doesn't get put in these situations. But, Maurice, your thoughts when you saw the information, especially coming off what we're about to talk about in about two minutes on Monday Night Raw, kind of what was your first assessment of, man, Jimmy Uso out here again right it was just like dude
4: what are you like what are you doing man like it's like you have ways you can you can um, you don't have to drive home you don't have to drive home drunk you can call a left call a uber call a cab you know what it, hell I don't even know if they have them in Florida but if they have hacks down there that's like the illegal um, that's like the illegal little cab people that you just stand out in the corner and put your hand out and they come and pull you over and take you where you need to go you know, there's ways you can get home and everything, and I find it interesting that you said that the W they talking about him going away for a while, and the WWE put out that statement. Jonathan too, is responsible for his own personal actions. You know that you know blanket statement that they always say when something like that happens with
3: one of their stars. You know. Yeah, it's there. Way of trying, you know, because uh, you know, they always want to try to keep it separate. You know, when 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 people do good, it's like yeah, it's because of us. But when two people do bad, they be like, they on they (laughs) own. They're like, that's their
4: problem. They have to solve their own problems. They're like, come on now.
3: Right, right. Now, the deal with them is everybody talks about how good they're. Rehab pro their rehab program is, and you know, if you get put into the system, then they you know constantly take care of you or whatever, uh, uh, up to a lot of times before they kind of be like, Okay, but you have to like almost go ask, or somebody has to like refer you, right? So, unless that happens, uh, maybe you know, what I'm saying maybe that somebody just kind of stepped in and was like, Yo, we need to get them some help, so I'm placing them. Nomination up for whatever, whatever, and maybe that's how they got it into motion. If it goes down that way,
4: yeah, but we'll see what we'll see what's what's going to happen in the upcoming months because that's going to leave his brother on the singles tip again.
3: And yeah, that's the thing about being in a tag team, man. If your partner is not as reliable as he should be, whether it's injury or not being able to show up because of various personal issues, yeah, it can kind of affect what happens, right, with your other guy because you know, of course, he's not going to be in the prime spot as a single as he would in a tag, you know, where they're positioned right now.
4: It's like they they're like a um a package deal, so to speak.
3: Right, right, and who knows if he'll even be uh, um singles, it might just be like, he off, you off. Right. <laughs> you know, just because, you know, we don't want to mess up the, the you know, what if he actually was to get over for a minute as a singles wrestler, you know what I'm saying? Then, you know, they have a whole different problem.
4: Oh, it always plays out.
3: <laughs> but we'll definitely see how it works out. Hopefully Jimmy Uso gets his... uh gets his thing together and he can start, you know, being reliable and not taking these chances because, you know, him and Matt Hardy, they've been very lucky with these incidents. I mean, excuse me, Jeff Hardy, thank you. (laughs) They've been very lucky with these incidents that nobody has gotten hurt and it's just, you know, themselves who have, you know, pretty much brought harm upon themselves only. But, you know, you only get so many chances of being lucky.
4: Okay, exactly.
3: So we'll move on to Monday Night Raw. Starts off with John Cena. He jokes about the crowd liking him because, you know, he hadn't been around in a while. He hypes up the Raw reunion. He says he couldn't miss this because the WWE is his home, always has been, and always will be. He says he may not be around as much anymore, but the fans are his family, and he's excited to be here. The Usos arrive, and they want Cena to drop some rhymes. Cena tries to refuse, and the Usos say the fans want to see the doctor. The doctor of Thugonomics, Not the guy that left them for the movie business. Cena busts on them for being arrested and looking like they're mugshots. How ironic and foreshadowing. And, of course, the Usos, they, they dig it. Cena tries to finally leave, and that's when Rikishi comes out. Rikishi refuses John Cena to leave. He says he can't be trying to get up out of here all so fast and furious without busting a move. So, right when they get ready to start into the dance routine, the revival interrupts the dance routine and they are joined by Devon Dudley. Jimmy Hart and H- Hogan, During are backstage hyping up all the guests, and Hogan teases that he wants a fight. right now we're joined by the raw cast broadcast journalist magnum prime what's going on g what's up i absolutely refuse to let metro atlanta traffic hold me down (laughs) (laughs) so we have the usos and the revival non-title match Body fly to the floor. Devon and Rikishi, they come face to face on the floor. Dawson's talking some trash to Rikishi. And when he turns around, Jay super kicks him. Then he super kicks Dash. And then the Usos hit the big Oos and they get the win. The Usos and the Revival could wrestle pretty much every other week on Raw. I'd be down for it. Same DQ, it. count out, uh, brawl to the back. You know, whatever they want, however they wanted to end it, I'd be fine with it. Alicia Fox is back. I guess she's a legend because she's talking with Dana Brooke and Caitlin, And then Tori Wilson arrives. Santino is also here and he breaks out the Cobra. Drew McIntyre walks up. <laughs> he just looks at them and he's like, huh, legends. Uh, I was surprised to see Alicia Fox. It was good to see Alicia Fox. I did not recognize who Caitlyn was. Nobody did. <laughs> oh, for real? I was the only person who knew that. Dang. I saw it. I was like, that's And Everybody's like, who's
4: that girl? I'm like, that's Caitlin. Y'all know how Caitlyn looked now?
3: <laughs> well,
5: I just saw I mean, her I, a few months ago. Well, I, I think a few months ago, we, uh, well, I would say a lot of people saw a lot more of her oh, uh, wow. a few months ago, <laughs> okay. unfortunately.
3: But yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> So, Charlie talks with Truth and Carmella. Truth talks about defending the title at Comic-Con against the Hurricane and Drake Maverick. Drake's wife arrives and says that Truth has ruined her marriage and Drake's life. And that distraction allows Drake to roll up our truth to win the 24-7 title. Good heel tactics here by Drake and his wife. Looks like she's finally on board with this title. Um, if you saw on Twitter... He posted a missing sign for the twenty four seven title with <laughs> Renee in a small box with the heading also missing. By the way. <laughs>
4: oh you know, yeah, it's a thing called my wife. Yeah, she's gone too. Like, the main thing is this
3: title. <laughs> so after the in the aftermath of R Truth losing the title, the Godfather arrives and him and Charlie, get their dance on. Charlie was definitely
4: with the shits With that.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I I thought the godfather was coming out to the ring. I thought she was going to be a part of the train. Drew McIntyre, Cedric Alexander. Drew attacks Alexander on the floor. But he gets posted and Alexander follows with the penalty kick and then a moonsault. Drew tosses Cedric into the apron and pummels with strikes. Drew slams Cedric into the barricade and he gets the inverted Alabama slam onto the apron. And we have a no contest because Cedric Alexander can't continue. <sighs> Always trying to keep the black man down. This 50-50 booking does nothing for anybody who doesn't, who isn't 6'5 and doesn't weigh 265 pounds. So, business as usual. (laughs) Exactly. Like, man, you screwed it up from the beginning. Then you got it right the next week, only to, you know, not double down on it the following week. Then you make, then you let Drew maybe have said Alexander wrestle somebody else the next week after he's beaten Drew twice. And then have Drew come interrupt his match when he's about to win and beat somebody, whoever you want it to be. And then that's how you get things, like, on a more even tone. But they don't book things like that. Drake is running away when he runs into the boogeyman. So he gets startled, and he runs into Pat Patterson. Drake falls down. That allows Pat Patterson to put the boots to him. And he steps on Drake Maverick. And Pat Patterson is your new 24-7 champion. The funniest line was when Michael Cole was like, hey, it's just like Rio de Janeiro. (laughs) (laughs) The Viking Raiders versus Hawkins and Ryder. Squash match. The Viking Raiders, they work some double teams. They hit a suicide dive, hit the Thor's hammer, and the Viking Raiders get the win. Now, G-Money, Hawkins and Ryder were your actual tag team champions. Like, at WrestleMania. Once upon a time. We're right. in the stage of a mall. I don't I don't know. Right. I don't know about this company at times. It's like they didn't hey. they, they didn't even have like at least the B team had like three months of people kind of feeling it and digging it and getting behind them and then they won the titles. They just came out of nowhere.
5: Yeah, but the division was pretty it was pretty slim at that point. So you know it's still pretty you It's still pretty slim. It's it's better now. Uh it's better now, but yeah. I mean, they just don't place a value on that division, unfortunately. You're right. Uh, you know, but maybe that will change with
3: I don't know, a miracle. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why the AEW show that featured a thirty minute tag team match for a main event was like, I can't even remember the last time I saw a tag team match main event uh Big Show. Right. And it wasn't even for yeah. no belts or anything. It was just a straight up tag team match. The Kanellises meet with Eve Torres and Eric Bischoff as Maria continues to just bury Mike. And then that's when Ron Simmons appears, grabs Jimmy Hart's microphone and just goes... Damn. <laughs> the OC, OGBC, OC one and only club is backstage. They putting themselves over. They said they're going by the OC now. So they're the only club that matters. AJ Style promises to send Seth Rollins a message tonight. We go back to the back. Briscoe has apparently just beaten Pat Patterson for the 24-7 championship. He's celebrating his win, leaving the locker room. And he runs into Kelly Kelly, who gives him a hug, is then a low blow. And then Kelly Kelly pins Briscoe to win the 24-7 title.
4: Those we We'll never know how um, Pat Patterson off the 24-7 title. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just never know. All we just want to have that image is just Gerald Briscoe just standing over top of him saying, you know, saying,
3: takes one to know one. <laughs> yeah, after he called him, after Pat Patterson it was like, You're supposed to be my friend. It doesn't matter stooge. <laughs> Samoa Joe comes to the ring. He's got that hot mic in his hand. He introduces himself and he says he's here to point out an atrocity. He says we shouldn't be celebrating the plagues like the Raw reunion. He says shows like this is where the fans' addiction to nostalgia is embraced. He said, you could have seen him doing what he does best. But instead, we got the Usos out here with their daddies spitting rounds with John Cena. Roman Reigns, he takes offense to that. So he arrives and heads to the ring. Reigns tells Joe that if he has something to say about his family, then say it to his face. <laughs> just like, homie, I already said something about your family. So Reigns says, you know what happens next? And they brawl. Joe rakes the eyes and he posts Roman Reigns he shoots Roman into the barricade twice. Joe then follows with strikes. He rolls Roman back in and follows with more strikes. Joe then hits a headbutt and Roman goes back to the uh, outside. But Joe rolls him back in and as Joe is getting into the ring, Roman hits Joe with the Superman punch that knocks Joe back to the floor. Joe dares Roman to come back to the floor. But Roman's like, nah, homie, we need to have a match. Joe is like, man, I ain't going to give you no match, especially not here in front of these people. Reigns calls him a coward. Joe stops and says, "I, right, I give you your match." So, how y'all feel about the Samoan on Samoan violence?
4: I mean, if it'd been with Samoa Joe getting the win, that'd be more for, But we all know how that's not happening when it's Roman in the ring.
3: Just about that's not happening with anybody decent in <laughs> Samoa Joe in the <laughs> ring, unfortunately. <laughs> So Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe. Joe counters the Superman punch and hits the running kick and sit in time for a two count. The coquina cuts five lows, but Reigns dumps Samoa Joe and then hits the spear for the win. They're going to try to, they're trying to turn them into Dolph Ziggler. They're going to beat him so many times that nobody's going to care. Yes, I'm with you on that. And and that's unfortunate because between his might work and his current in-ring style, Samoa Joe is at the best I've seen him in his career in a long time since he was younger, when he was about 25 pounds lighter when he was what? younger. But he has experience and he has much better. Like, I don't know where these might skills have come from, but man, he is, him and Ali are the best promos on WWE. Out. I won't disagree with you on that. We get Miz TV. Seth Rollins is the guest. Miz hypes Seth as, as uh, Brock's SummerSlam challenger. We get footage of Brock cashing in to regain the championship. Rollins says he knows it's Brock Lasner. He starts mocking Paul Heyman's entrance. Then he makes fun of how Brock looks. He said he puts, he puts over the, uh, Brock's skills, but... He says that Brock Lesnar is just a Seth Rollins wannabe, but he doesn't want to be Brock. Heyman arrives and says that he's a dose reality for Seth Rollins. Brock doesn't want to be like Rollins and tells Rollins not to bitch about the cash in. Rollins says it took Brock four years to return the favor, and then Heyman enters the arena. Rollins cuts him off and says Heyman can talk the talk, but he may have to walk the walk. Rollins threatens to stomp his head in, and Heyman runs away. He says for 20 years, Heyman has been putting Brock over, but Rollins thinks that he's just a man, and any man can lose. At SummerSlam, Brock will lose. But as far as tonight, he doesn't take any weeks off like Brock, and he's going to face AJ Styles. A Seth Rollins' championship run and promo style, is it, is it good? Is, is he convincing enough? I let G blame first. What do you think you think his baby face promo is convincing enough uh it's wearing a little bit
5: thin with me uh, at this point, but I understand how they're trying to to utilize him right now because they they kind of back themselves into a corner mm-hmm. Cause they they really don't they really don't have any options at this point, but I mean to me it was my opinion hey. Seth Rollins was popular because he did cool shit in the ring, mm-hmm. not because of any right. mic skills. So Right. You know. He's he's just being Seth. That's what Seth does.
3: <laughs> Mo underscore Reese, I asked you the same question, man. Are you convinced by this baby face promo? Or do you think he needs to try to just spice it up a little bit?
4: Well, you ready to try something different, you know, because it, it's it's just not connecting. You know, just see a lot of people saying his promo skill is just not on that baby face level it should, it should it should be on. But we'll see what happens down the road.
3: Sami Zayn, he's in the back. We've got a party where the legends are gathered, so he's interrupting that as Charlie's trying to interview some of the legends. Sammy says he wants them to go home, and that's when Ray Mysterio comes up to defend all the legends. So they start to argue back and forth, and that's when Kurt Angle arrives and proposes that they settle it in the ring. We shift to Kelly Kelly. She's backstage showing off the new 24-7 title that she just won, and she's meeting with Candice Michelle, and then we see Naomi and Melina. Melina's like, oh, man, Naomi, I'm so glad I finally went and got my license. And Kelly Kelly's like, what kind of (laughs) license? (laughs) And that's when uh, Candice Michelle rolls up Kelly Kelly. Malina's a referee. They get the three count. And now Candice Michelle is your 24-7 champion. So Candice Michelle does the Candice Michelle Go Daddy dance. And then that's when Medusa strikes. She runs up behind Candice. She chokes her out. She wins the title. And she tells the girls that somebody better come beat her quick. Because she's not going to be the champion for long. There's a lot going on in this segment. A whole
4: lot. From, <laughs>
3: from Candice Michelle taking us back to the Super Bowl with the GoDaddy.com twirl to Naomi meeting her like in-ring idol, Melina, to Medusa coming out here and choking people out. Phew.
4: Good
3: stuff, man. <laughs> that's actually one of the better segments on the show. Ray Mysterio, he faced off against Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn bails before the 619 can connect. Sami teases leaving, and that's when RVD arrives. Sergeant Slaughter comes down, so does the Hurricane, and finally, Kurt Angle. So Sami Zayn has no choice but to head back into the ring. That's when Ray hits him with the Hurricane Rana, the 619 and a frog splash, and Rey Mysterio is your winner. Man, Sami Zayn was so cool about a month ago. (laughs) (laughs) He was coming out there, telling the crowd about themselves, you know, but uh, since they got the new executive directors, people like him have been kind of chopped down, And they just focusing on, like, the big, big, big big-name players they got right now.
4: Right.
3: Ric Flair, he pulls up in the long black limousine as only he can. Looking like uh, they had a wild night at the bar. It's like Ric Flair got a little bit uh, happy and reminiscent. He had a little, like, cut on his forehead. But, you know, he wouldn't be Ric Flair if he didn't have a little juice. Right. (laughs)
4: He's probably trying to take somebody to space, trying to take some young lady to space, mouth.
3: Know? <laughs> Oldest ride, longest line. I can take women to places NASA can't even go to.
4: Oh, man. There's so many quotables.
3: <laughs> the Street Profits are backstage. Montez Ford, he's got the red cup. He's been sipping that num-num juice. He's feeling good because he's singing the OJs. It's a family reunion. So he's strolling down the hall. He runs into Dawkins. Dawkins is bent over. He's like, man, what you got? Some eye drops? He's like, yeah, man. I I was hanging out with RVD in the locker room. He's like, what? He's like, yeah, man. He's like, you missed it. He was like, Mark Henry was there. Kelly Kelly was there. He's like, the nature boy popped in for a second. He's like, but then the boogeyman stopped by and creeped everybody out. So, we all just had to leave. So, Montez Ford is just in utter disbelief. And that's when Dawkins's phone rings and it's the Godfather. And Dawkins is like, yo, man, I'm out. About to go chill with the Godfather. And Montez Ford is just left in amazement. So... It really was a family reunion because he had the young cousins out there, you know, drinking and, you know, smoking with the with the older uncles and shit. Just a right. real life family reunion. Uh great stuff for whoever came up with this for Angelo Dawkins. He 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 actually to me was like, you know what, he got something. He isn't destined to be the next one to get his head super kicked through the plate glass window. Medusa arrives to the announced uh, position. She's got a trash can. You know what time it is. She's getting ready to throw the 24-7 championship into the trash can. That's when the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, he arrives to stop her because everybody's got a price for the Million Dollar Man. He offers to buy the championship from her and He makes the transaction. So, Ted DiBiase is now your 24-7 champion. AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins. Styles and Rollins brawl with Styles taking control until Rollins hits the sling blade. The blockbuster follows and the springboard knee connects. Rollins hits a super kick, looks for the blackout, but the OC hits the ring with DX in tow as well because DX came out to have Seth Rollins back once the Anderson and Gallo started nosing around in the match a little bit. So they all brawl, and the OC, they get sent back into the outside. So the OC, they all grab chairs, but that's when the Road Dog X-Pac, Hall, and Nash arrive. Road Dog says that they are the OGs, that they the click. He tells them to go get to stepping, and the OC leaves. And Seth Rollins gets to give the go-home line of, if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. Unfortunately, the man who was supposed to benefit from this little interaction did not get a chance to. This was supposed to be a ricochet spot, according to all reports. But unfortunately, he's dealing with an elbow infection. And so he had to miss Monday Night Raw and thus miss Getting the rub off of DX and the NWO or the click as you want to call it. So at this point, we've had like, hmm, Devon or all these guys from DX. So that's like seven people, seven guys. No physicality from any of them. They're just like, Waving to people like a parade. Hey, we're here. Play our music. Dun, 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 dun. Only thing you're missing are those little um things they had at WrestleMania 3 for them to come out on. Drake beats up Ted DiBiase in his limo. He wins back the 24-7 championship. And that's when all the jobbers through the locker room chase him away from his wife from leaving the arena. Mick Foley is out. Of course, he gets a cheap pot from the Tampa crowd. That's when Drake Maverick runs through the ring and the jobbers chase him. Foley vows to win that title later tonight and he puts over his history on Monday Night Raw. He shares his favorite moment, which was, of course, him winning the championship. Bray Wyatt then arrives as the Fiend and he lays out Foley with the mandible claw. This was the only physicality by a legend in this whole evening. It was well done. Bray Wyatt is a creepy bastard. (laughs) Mankind was a creepy bastard. It's 20 years later and they passed down the man book law.
4: He's going to pass you the torch, son.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Gee, how do you feel about The Fiend? How they've debuted him and how they've also kept the Firefly Funhouse as a part of this thing too, so it's kind of like two sets of Bray Wyatt. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think it's been pretty good so far. Um,
5: I think it's a it's a great way to kind of stave off the the boredom of you know just dealing with just one persona. So I, I think it was a good move.
3: It's time for a moment of bliss. Nikki is out with Alexa. Alexa says we need a moment of bliss after what just happened to Mick Foley. She brings out Becky Lynch. Alexa asks Becky about facing Natalia at SummerSlam. And that's when Natalia arrives. Natalia says if Becky has something to say, she can say it to her face. We see footage of last week's promo. Natalia talks about Becky's lack of friendship after 14 years. Becky says Natalia tried to undercut her by training Ronda Rousey but she took Ronda Rousey's scalp at WrestleMania. So they begin to brawl. And the referees eventually separate them. I like this so far. The promos have been really good. Natalya seems like she's you know stepping up to her championship moment pretty well. So I'm really excited to see uh, how this match plays out. I think it might be one of the sleepers going into this year's SummerSlam. Uh, thoughts from uh, either one of you guys on on how this match is building up and just what you expect to see out of the pay per view.
4: I'm definitely ready to see how this match plays out. I mean, if you look like looking at like competitors for um, Becky Lynch, Natalia would be like one of the strongest ones that she's had in recent months. I mean, because Lacey Evans couldn't get that woman's right over for any reason at all. And we haven't even seen her ever since she ran away from the um ever since she ran away from um the tag team match. <laughs> she been missing. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Jake Maverick might need to have to change up his posters. Gee, <laughs> your thoughts on uh, Natalia Becky SummerSlam. Um, you know, just how they're building it and and how do you feel there but the track that they're on so far. Yeah, I think
5: the bill has been good. Um, I'm, I'm going to be upbeat about it. I mean, what I remember, Natalia like, has had like the best track record when it comes to the pay-per-views. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be nice. And I'll just say we'll, we'll see what happens.
3: All right. Drake Maverick tries to escape, but R Truth and Carmella are there to pin him. Uh, Truth is uh, about to walk. Excuse me, not Truth. Drake Maverick is about to get in the limo where Renee Michelle is. And that's when R Truth comes up, tries to roll him up. Renee Michelle is holding his hands. She's inside the limo. Carmella kicks the hands free. We get R Truth with the win. R Truth then hops in the limo. <laughs> <laughs> the limbo takes off so now Drake has lost his title and his wife Mm-mm-mm.
4: he was like take off And next thing the limbo take it off they, all, they both gone I'm like
3: oh my like, oh lord
4: took <laughs> <So laughs> the bad wife
3: <laughs> uh, Braun Strowman versus local competitor uh, Braun Strowman demolishes this dude hits him with a choke slam gets the win Then we have a toast to Monday Night Raw. Ric Flair comes out on the stage, and then the whole locker room empties out behind him. Then uh, Hulk Hogan comes out and says, you know, he wants to tell us something, brother. It's a great night to be here with all of his friends and Hulkamaniac. He puts over Tampa, and he thanks the fans. And that's when Stone Cold Steve Austin arrives.
6: Look at all the people over on that stage. Every single person over there has either bled, sweat, cried, tears, hell damn near cracked himself, pissed himself, riding up and down the road, hell that's my damn family, all these guys holding these cameras, pulling them cables, setting up a ring, driving the trucks, it's all family, and I sit here and look at you guys. Y'all and family. And give me this camera right here. Everybody around the damn world is watching this show right now. Guess what? Y'all are part of the WWE family. So I'm thankful that I got a chance to come out here and celebrate this illustrious reunion. I came out early. I spent the day. With the one and only Hulk Hogan We did a podcast We drank some beer And then we ate sushi I never hung out with that man a day in my life And I had a damn good time because of this reunion Then, last night I stayed up all night long Listening to Ric Flair stories While I drank every damn beer in the bar Boy, that's how happy we were to see each other. With down. Mark Henry was down there, Boogie Man was down there, Godfather was down there, we kept it going. It's all about the brotherhood and the sisterhood and all the dudes paid in this ring. And I'm thankful for the family reunion. You guys come down here to the ring and let's drink a couple of cold ones. And then, while you're on your way, I'm a couple of th- I want to post a toast right now to every single son in this arena, they're hanging from the roof a legit sellout, people tuned in around the world because it's Monday Night Raw, and when Stone Cold, Steve Austin, and the family is that Monday Night Raw, it's going to be a damn good time, and that's all I got to say about that. Give me some cold beer, I'm posting a toast to Tampa, I'm posting a toast to the United States of America, I'm posting a toast to the whole entire world, everybody, thank you very much. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold sets
3: up. And that's how your Monday Night Raw ended. Afterwards, I don't know if y'all saw it on Twitter, they had, uh, like, the ring's all cleared out. There's nobody in the ring now. It's just, like, Stone Cold holding two beers in his hands, just running the ropes, Drunk as shit.
4: <laughs> yes, I saw it.
3: <laughs> oh, man. Stone Cold Steve Austin is still the standard, man. He is. Nobody can get the people on their feet like that dude can. And all he did was come out there and talk. He didn't even stun at nobody. Nope. If he would have stunted somebody, that, it really would have been off the charts. We're getting to the point now where all of our legends are creating diminishing returns because they got like a three, three million people watched it, which is really good for them now because like usually about two point five million people watch it. In Raw twenty five, it was uh, they had four and a half million people watch that. So, right. And the legends didn't do anything. They didn't do anything to really help any of the new peoples. It's like you know they they didn't. Nobody except for Mick Foley, it v- helped anybody kind of move forward. You know, what I'm saying nobody really got beat up. Nobody helped somebody beat somebody else up. I, you know.
4: well, I think it was I think it was because they said it was a lot of them were um like what medically clear. So I guess they just was just ba- basically just had them doing backstage segments and things like that.
3: Then it's getting time to where we got to start reevaluating the crop of legends of they start r- right. r- rolling out then. Because, <laughs> I
4: mean, if you
3: got a whole locker room full of people who can't get out here and help the new kids in some form or fashion, then what really good are they?
5: But well, hey, at the same point, uh, which legends are still alive?
4: Ooh.
3: Yeah, yeah. And like. From that, let's say Austin retired in 2004, so let's say 2005 through like 2010, like those five years right there. Who's really a legend that's not wrestling anymore? Mm. <laughs> Dang, you didn't open like up a candle with
4: that one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's
4: a real candle yeah. word for that
3: one, maybe like Asian Christian.
5: I, oh, I won't say Christian. No, no, no. I say Edge. Okay, I,
4: I, I, can't, I can't
5: throw Christian Christian up in there. Can't do it, man. Do, we got tears now. Okay, like everybody can't be Barry Bonds or Babe You know, so, somebody gotta be. Somebody gotta be Harold Baines. It's just gonna work out.
4: Wow, Boy, that's a, that's an analogy.
3: But okay. yeah, really, like like him. I but hold up!
4: You Christian even took a shot at Edge. You know, they said that you know he was he was Christian. Like I'm there, I'm here, and he's not. You know, so <laughs> he even took a shot at him. So it was like, <laughs> well,
3: I don't know, man. But yeah, that I mean, that's the that's the that's the problem right now. Is that it was such a dry period after the initial fall of the Attitude Era after Austin and Rock you know, started being less of the factors. Kurt Angle is in that mix. But there's still, you know, he would be a legend for that time. Brock, if he would retire, would be a legend from that time. Big Show, I'd say, is a legend in that time. But it's not a lot. Yeah, Big Show
4: came. Um, Undertaker. But he, I mean, he's still around, though. It's yeah,
3: Undertaker. yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, he's still uh, now. Besides Steve Austin, he you know, there's there's three entrances that are in modern WWE that will never get old: Undertaker, Stone Cold, and Rock. And then Shawn Michaels is probably the next one right behind that one. You saw how Biggie and and Xavier Woods was acting.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, when Stone Cold came out, that that crowd came out the seat. That wasn't that's like. You don't get those, um, those kind um, of ovation, ovations no more, you know. The so people just sitting down, they quiet, you know, they came out to the seats and Stone Cold just calling for bands. <laughs> you already know where it's going to be. So it's like you, know, he, like, you don't have to, like, back in the day when he used to come out for, like, legendary things and whatnot, he would stun somebody and that was in the crowd home. Now he got to catch a few bands, open it up, you know, the mic say some words. Like he was telling about the the whole he was going back to listen to the Rick Flair stories, and then he saw Ron Simmons, and then he was talking about everybody else down there. It was like, you know, it would just be wild just to be sitting around there and just listen to the stories they tell that you probably would never hear anywhere else.
2: Right, right.
4: Like he even started to talk about him and Gerald Briscoe. He was like, he was in the South Africa tour, and he was doing something we probably weren't supposed to be doing <laughs> <laughs> I was like,
3: well, I said, I would love to hear that story. Steve Austin, man, closed the closed the show, brought it home. Cl- clearly the best segment of the show, hands down. He's still the legend, man. He's still the icon. He's the reason why most of us got into Monday Night Raw. I, I will attest to it myself. I really was a strong, strong Nitro guy. And to me everybody has, I guess, a different point when they say the Attitude Era started. But for me and my viewing habits, the Attitude Era started the night. Stone Cold Steve Austin drove up to Brian Pillman's house, whooped all his friends, and was knocking on the back door, breaking the glass, about to come in that bitch, and Brian Pillman caught the pistol, and that shit went to black. I was like, (laughs) I was like, oh, man, I gotta start watching Raw.
4: (laughs) Right. (laughs)
3: I just remember watching,
4: so I remember Steve Austin, he started back when he was like Steve Williams, and then he had to change to Austin because they didn't want to get him confused with Dr. Death. And then he was in the, down the Texas territories, and next thing you know, he pops up at WCW, Sonny Steve Austin. Then next thing you know, he, he was gone. I didn't know about ECW at the time. And then it's like, you see the whole old ECW clips where he was mocking Hogan and everything. And the next thing you know, he pops up at WWE. I was like, oh, it was Don Cold, everybody was Steve Austin, the ringmaster. The next thing you know, he cut the 316 promo at King of the Ring, and that man was on that rocket ship, and we ain't he wasn't never coming back to Earth.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you this: when Donald Trump was when the primaries, when they had all those people up there, and he was talking shit about Jeb Bush and all that, I was like, I told my mom, I was like, you know what I'm watching? I'm watching Steve Austin in 1997, the end of 1996. He's just (laughs) getting on here just saying whatever the hell he wants about Bret Hart, about this person, about that person, and you shouldn't really like it, but all the people in the crowd are just cheering like, what the hell am I watching? I was like, that was Stone Cold. I was like, that was the beginning of Stone Cold. And that's when Bret Hart was like, you people... You're so you're so twisted. You let Steve Austin come out here beat people up, jumping from behind, talk about people, and you cheer and you just egg him on. And you know that's when the Bret Hart thing started turning. So that was some good. That was that was some real good storytelling, right there. That whole
4: um, USA Canada beef between them two. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. The Canadian Stampede is one of the best WWE pay per views ever. Oh man, I've watched that recently and that was a great pay per view. <laughs> yeah. Back when it didn't have to be like three hours and thirty-two minutes, it was like two oh. forty
4: two. <laughs> you can watch like you had in your house like You can have a good a pay-per-view like two hours span and just not have to worry about, you know, filler matches and that. like that. Everything was just just good. You know, he might have your little those spots in there, but everything for where I think the week was good. And you packed it in. You didn't have to um over get it, overkill with the talent and nothing like that.
3: All right. All right. So that was the raw reunion. Mo, what was your grade on the episode as a whole, man, out of five? Uh I'd give it a three
4: point five. Uh, depending on how I'm like uh,
3: close to a four. Okay, okay. Mr. Magnum Prime, your thoughts, sir?
5: I'm I'm giving it a four. I mean I'm I'm a sucker for nostalgia, so it,
4: <laughs> you, you know I
5: I, I realized most people weren't happy it because it really didn't build towards anything down the road. But I mean, you, as you mentioned, you really don't have you know a lot of legends who are cleared to really do anything. So I mean, I I, I was just happy to see them
3: again. So you were that guy. Some of what Joe was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Guilty. <laughs> yeah, I'd give it like a two uh three, two three. That's kinda the way I was feeling about it. I, I wanted to see a little bit more. I mean I knew going into it that, you know, it wasn't gonna progress SummerSlam that much, but you know, I was hoping to see like Kevin Owens and Stone Cold together or something, or Becky Lynch and Stone Cold, or you know, kinda pair people up who are kinda like or similar and do something cool, but it didn't really happen.
4: Like, real quick, we had, I remember a couple of years ago, we had the old school raw him him um, taping in Baltimore. And when, this is when the shield was still together, and when Jake came out and put dropped the snake on, um, Dean Ambrose, even he was in there trying not to, he was trying to go try to walk out, because we was in there going crazy with that, or during that period, but I'm just saying things like that happened. He, he was trying to, he, like, tried to keep it together, because I had the snake on me and everything. It's like, this is like somebody I watched growing up putting that snake on me. You know, it's like we don't have like things like that no more. Like, we don't have Jake coming up there, dropping a the snake, and just, ah, oh, man.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, that was just uh, the psychology that he brought. <sighs> okay, that's, that's cool. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Time for some SmackDown talk. So, Big E and Xavier, they joined the commentary team. It was supposed to be Shawn Michaels, but they called an Audible, so now Shawn Michaels will be on Miz TV. Shane McMahon arrives. Shane arrives, he gets a special announcement. He comments on the Raw reunion show and was glad Kevin Owens wasn't there. Shane claims Kevin was hiding on social media, and he challenged Shane to a match at SummerSlam. Shane accepts the match and says that Kevin claimed that if he loses, he would quit WWE. But we've heard that before, just last year. So he wrote some footage where Kevin Owens lost a match. I think it was to Seth Rollins. And he got in the middle of the ring, sat down, and said that he was quitting WWE. Shane makes fun of Seth for quitting. And then, and then he says it will happen again. And he wants it in writing this time. Kevin arrives and says that Shane is smart and says last year was the lowest point of his career. But that isn't who he is today. And he knew Shane would accept the challenge because he likes the spotlight. Kevin won't quit because he will beat the living hell out of Shane. He uh, heads to the ring, but Shane stops him and he books Kevin Owens against Roman Reigns for later tonight. Shane meets with Elias and Drew. They kiss his ass and Shane makes Drew the special referee for Reigns versus Owens. And Elias, the special guest timekeeper, and Shane will be the special ring announcer. How do you guys feel about Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens? Summerslam. Kevin Owens loses. He's out of WWE.
4: Uh, Man. I mean, where he gonna go? Where he gonna go? NXT UK. I'm just saying, if if he was really leading WWE, where's he gonna go? NXT
5: UK. Troll... That would actually be cool, though, if he, if he was forced to do that. Yeah.
4: Hey, he's going to troll um, Cody and them some someone want to join your company. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't know. They've been playing with sending people up and through NXT and main roster and stuff. You know what I'm saying? They might try something like, you know, if they could convince. So they evolve. It, yeah, yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. If they could convince Vince that it would be a cool idea, then you know they could maybe play it that way. But if it happens, y'all heard it here first on the WrestleCast. True that. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Apollo Cruz, non-title match. Nakamura connects with the knee strike but runs into a pop-up slam. But Apollo Cruz misses the standing shooting star press. That allows Nakamura to hit the Kinshasa for the win. Nakamura beats down Apollo Cruz after the match and hits the Kinshasa again on the floor. I love how Woods and Xavier were putting over Apollo as best they could through the commentary. Talking about you know, how great of an athlete he was, how good of a wrestler he was, how he just hadn't had opportunities to really show what he could do and a chance to, you know, really showcase his talents. So that was cool.
4: And that's the truth.
3: Mo underscore Reese's favorite couple, Mandy and Sonya. They're meeting backstage.
4: Hold up, time out. No. (laughs) Shout out to Jay to the Max. I'll feature Raw or SmackDown Women's Champion, Sonya Deville. You gotta introduce her, right?
3: (laughs) So, what he said and Mandy are backstage (laughs) and they're getting... Mandy informs them that she basically snitched on Kevin Owens to Shane McMahon so now they're getting a match against the Iconics and if they win that match then of course they will earn a women's tag team title match. Remember when we thought the, tag, the women's tag team titles were going to be like real cool and it was going to foster some pretty good matches and allow more women to have more chances to wrestle on the shows? Yeah. None of that.
4: Falls, remember? <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Ancient history. None of that shit is happening. We get a Mustafa Ali video package. He needs to rewrite his story to earn a WWE title shot. He got injured and he feels forgotten. But he says he will become the WWE champion because he holds the pen and he writes his own story. G, have you been watching uh, The Road to All Out? On YouTube? The AEW series? Uh, No, I haven't. Okay. Um, This is kind of like the way that they do their bills to their shows. They have like these real inner but they're like three minutes long, four minutes long. These like interpersonal um kind of segments. Um you need to watch the first two because Tully Blanchard is uh now Sean Spears' manager. And so Yeah. So he see that? yeah, so he rolls through and then they have an interview with him on the second one. That's real good. But the way that they shoot that is very reminiscent of this Mustafa Ali video package. And I just feel like in 2019, that might be the way to go instead of trying to like, like if they did one of these with Seth Rollins, where it was him doing all that cool shit in the ring, but he was narrating it. And talking about you know I've been up against Brock Lesnar da 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 and it wasn't necessarily him in the ring doing it but the video playing and him doing it I think it would make his promo much stronger and you'd feel it a lot more in that regard. But that's yeah that's just an observation. All right, we get Miss TV Miss shows footage from Raw reunion of course. Shawn Michaels is the guest. Woods and Beak E, they are going crazy on the announced desk singing along the sexy <laughs> boy. Miz welcomes him to the show. Shawn Michaels says he used to be the young guy jealous of the legends, but it's all family and he had a blast last night. Shawn says that they inducted an honorary member into the clique last night in Seth Rollins and it's been great to watch his journey. That's when Dollar Tree, Shawn Michaels, I mean Dolph Ziggler arrives to insult Shawn Michaels and says if he ends up like him, Put him out of his misery. Dolph says he used to idolize HBK. But Shawn Michaels ruined it by coming back every chance he got, just like last night. Dolph says Shawn Michaels broke his heart when he came back and was embarrassing. Michaels admits that, yeah, it was embarrassing. But he uh, says what was more embarrassing is that you're working your whole career just to be a second-rate Shawn Michaels. Ziggler calls HBK the second rate Shawn Michaels, noting that he ruined his legacy. Miz dares Ziggler to do something already and tells him to stop moaning and groaning. Miz dares him again to do something. Ziggler goes to hit Shawn Michaels. He ends up missing. He connects with the Miz. Ziggler then super kicks Shawn Michaels. Miz runs Ziggler off and then he checks on HBK. Good payoff. Good set, set up for the segment. Now I don't know, like I'm getting the Miz versus Dolph Ziggler, but I don't know if they can flip it in two weeks to make the Miz like pass off his match and give it to Shawn Michaels. How y'all feel? Y'all feel? Y'all like? Y'all like to watch Shawn Michaels against Dolph Ziggler? Uh, oh. Spider Man meme.
4: <laughs> right. What's the guy put some time travel? <laughs> Pretty much, He the time, the time stone, something like that. I mean, he had he
5: had, he had one of the, the best wrestling endings ever, as far as his career. He he really kind of sold it out for a couple pieces of silver. Right. Uh, well, I a lot of pieces of silver, you know, <laughs> respect to that. But I mean, like right now, Stone Cold probably got the the best ending right now. If he never gets back in the ring, oh, he's not coming back. Yeah, I just,
4: <laughs> I hope not. He not. <laughs> they, they, they've been clamoring for that, but I think that should for sale.
3: Yeah, yeah, he's not. He, he he's got too much. Uh, his neck is too bad, and his, you know, he's got a neck that's only getting worse, <laughs> you know, with time. So, Charlotte, she's facing Ember Moon. Charlotte takes control as Bailey comes out. So Bailey causes a distraction, which allows Charlotte to get rolled up by Ember Moon for the pin. So Ember rolls out of the ring. She's celebrating with Bailey out on the floor. She rolls Bailey into the ring. Then she hits uh, Bailey and Charlotte start fighting because, of course, Charlotte has beef with Bailey for causing her the match. And while they're over there interacting with each other, Ember Moon swoops in, hits the eclipse on Charlotte, and then follows up with one on Bailey. So they're trying to, you know, spice up Emma Moon a little bit. The eclipse is way over. So I thought that worked really good for her.
4: They probably need to do something with her because she's just been floating in the background. And she needed something. And I'm glad that she actually pulled it off.
3: Yeah, this just tells you how many people they got on this roster. You know what I'm saying? Like, they got so many good people on this roster that, you know, it's hard to remember everybody. And a lot of people do kind of just kind of float on through. And you don't see them for weeks or a few months. It's be like, you know what I'm saying? Damn, I forgot they was even wrestling. Kofi Kingston comes out. He's going to give us who he wants to face at SummerSlam Michael Cole's on commentary. Byron is off due to the death of his father. So, condolences to Byron Saxton. Kofi arrives and says that he wants to face Randy Orton at SummerSlam. Yay! Orton arrives and Kofi says that they have history. Back in the day in MSG where they all chanted Kofi's name and he kicked Orton's ass. So, of course, he shows the footage. Kofi says that's when everybody thought that it was his time to make it into the main events. But that didn't happen because Randy Orton held him back by using his power and influence. Kofi says he kept grinding and kept fighting and he finally became the champion. Orton was like, yeah, Kofi, I did hold you back because you weren't ready. He said he did him a favor. He wasn't ready then. And he says he isn't ready now. Orton says he's been on top for 18 years. And he only had to beat Randy Orton. He didn't have to have a fake accent or throw pancakes. Orton says he just wins in main events pay-per-views. Orton adds that Kofi only got his shot due to him because he injured Ali. He says Kofi doesn't deserve the title and he will take it from him when he wants. Orton accepts the SummerSlam match and he promises to end Kofi's fairy tale. Now, I know on this podcast we don't really rock with Randy Orton, but God damn, that was a fire-ass promo.
4: <laughs> I'm not going to disagree.
3: <laughs> I mean, from I'm both, both parts. Kofi held his own, too. But, man, Randy, like I, the, I, the whole time I'm watching it going, I don't like this dude, but damn, this is a good-ass promo. So, Mo finally got here you told me I need to have it's some patience I was trying
4: to tell you the whole time you told me, you me I need to
3: have some patience you wanted you wanted him to pull that trigger so bad
4: and I'm like you gotta have the throwaway story with Samoa Joe they're gonna give you orton and Kofi as some said because of the history behind it and then when they started playing out I'm like now I said Darn can be happy he can get his story <laughs> and I'm like this is I'm like this is like Something that you can just throw put on and extreme rules and stuff like that. I'm like, no, you need to let this build. This is some. This is SummerSlam. This is a match that you need to have. Like, for fans who've been watching for the past ten, fifteen years, who remember the storyline, everybody's like, "Well, this is what we need to see. We need to see Kofi, you know, ex, um, you know, get rid of this demon out of his closet and everything."
3: I'm really excited about the build. I'm glad that they use the. The old footage, you know, what I'm, saying? I'm glad they had a video package ready and set. I'm glad Kofi, you know, went straight there and was like, yo, you know, what I'm saying I ain't going to pull no punches. Randy Orton was the one who held me back. So I think they're on off to a great start and uh, hopefully the match delivers. I, I don't know what the match will be like. I know they used to have some real good chemistry, but it's been a while since they wrestled each other. So it'll be interesting to see how that looks. Gee, let me get your opinion on on this match. Uh, if th- if Kofi does come out the winner, I think personally this solidifies him as a strong champion. But what are your thoughts about it?
5: Well, I mean, it, it's definitely somebody who you would consider, you know. Uh, I, I I think it's fair to say a, a legend for his his era. I mean, I, I mean, I think it would, but I mean, to me, I'm gonna be honest. I think for him to, to really ascend to another level, he's gotta take out brains. Just for what that guy has represented to the, to Vince mm-hmm. over the past couple of years. To me, I'd be like, okay, you really, you really believe in this guy. Although he, he obviously has earned his place in the company for all these years, but if, if he were to, be so wrong on Roman, yeah. For me, I'm like, okay, this is legit.
3: All right. Now, if that is our um, Survivor Series Championship match, you heard it here first, folks. Matchmaker Greg booking it, booking the territory four months in advance, <laughs> six months in advance. Got it for free. <laughs> Kofi Kingston versus Samoa Joe. Orton stays at ringside for the match. Joe grounds to action. Kofi fights to his feet, lays in chops, and a dropkick. The clothesline and the boom drop follow. The um, boom drop followed in. We get trouble in paradise, but that gets stopped by Samoa Joe, and then Randy Orton attacks for the DQ. Orton RKO Samoa Joe, but he gets caught with the trouble in paradise by Kofi. I like this. I still don't like Samoa Joe getting fucking beating the powder, though. But, you know, he's a setup man right now, and he plays his role very, very well. Finn Balor's out. Kayla's in the ring. They're having an interview. Finn's had a rough couple of weeks. He's lost the IC title. He's got attacked by the Fiend. We see the footage. Balor doesn't know what's going on in Bray's mind with the puppets, the attack on McFoley last night. He can't explain any of it. He says Bray is more twisted than ever. But he won't back down and he wants to have a match with Bray Wyatt at SummerSlam. Bray Wyatt appears on the screen as himself in the Firefly Funhouse and says Balor is brave and inspiring. He and the puppets are fans, but not the Fiend. The Fiend is accepting the SummerSlam challenge and then the Fiend appears. Doing the, you know, let me in. Let me in. This was one of the things that I thought got kind of reset after it was announced that Heyman and Bischoff were taking over because the Firefly Funhouse segments kind of stopped. They did. They weren't even having the little characters pop up in you know, backstage and stuff. So it seems like they kind of like reset this too, but so far so good. I think it's been a strong thing for Bray. It's still going to come down to me. Does his match actually make you interested Build is great, the interviews are great, the promos are great, but the matches were never that good. And you can only do that so many times before, you know what I'm saying, the the character and all that stuff wears off. So hopefully he's learned some new holes and uh his match quality is more entertaining. Charlotte, she's offended that she's being left off at of SummerSlam. She says she demands to be at SummerSlam. Where well, she says that she will prove that she's the greatest of any in all generations. And she says that her challenger at SummerSlam, she guarantees, will be much better than Ember Moon. Speculation is.
4: Yeah, I'm about to say,
3: do you, do you, do you need a
4: speculation?
3: <laughs> Trish Stratus. G. You're going to have to pose as our SmackDown Matters correspondent tonight for D.D. to answer this question. Charlotte versus Trish. Your thoughts initially just on hearing that at first blush. Uh, I'll take it.
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs> I, mean, I'll you, I mean, you know, Charlotte, she, she's worked with pretty much everybody. I mean, I, I can't say that that's a, that's a dream match for me. Just because you know she's been she's been away for so long, you know, so I me mean, yeah, it's cool you, you're putting them together, but like whatever, maybe I'll get into it when I see it.
4: they had to have some kind of build. if 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 that's gonna be speculation since they aren't gonna be in Toronto, it's gonna to be some kind of build is gonna you know pop up from that, and i'm I'm already invested in it, I'm like i'll I'll take this match. <laughs>
3: We get to the main event of SmackDown Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens Elias is the timekeeper Drew is the referee, Shane is the ring announcer they lock up working to the ropes and Drew breaks them up they lock up again Drew breaks them up again Drew starts to talk shit to both men and that's when Reigns attacks Drew and dumps him to the floor as Kevin fights off Elias Shane is just, is then rolled into the ring and the heels take control with the numbers game, they work over Reigns but Kevin makes the save. Owens' superkicks drew and Elias, we get the spear by Reigns, and a stunner for Elias follows. Shane is then rolled back into the ring, and he is the Superman punch and the stunner. The crowd chants for one more stunner, and Kevin Owens stuns Shane once again. Kevin promises everyone will love the ass-whipping he gives Shane McMahon at SummerSlam.
1: Yeah, it's fair and square so far. I just hope he stays out of this Let's just see what these two got You don't really believe He's going to stay out of this David, do you? And right, right. right. again, Let's Drew McIntyre get Separating break the two Break it up, break it up uh-huh. Everyone relax right now Physically don't asserting himself I'm as referee McIntyre official. You listen to me Continue Anytime now Oh no. Oh that didn't last long Roman Reigns dumps McIntyre. And now Elias oh. getting involved, the timekeeper. Oh, and Reigns. Reigns got it going. Shane get out of here that easily. Nor is Kevin Owens. Shane has nowhere to go. Owens and Reigns trying to corner Shane McMahon. Shane trying to get out of here, but in the clutches of Reigns and Owens. Oh, and here comes McIntyre from behind. And now Owens and McIntyre. Oh, and Elias. Well, just a matter of time. Shane's crew has the numbers. And I told you this was going to be dangerous for both Roman and Kevin Owens. And now a three-on-one beatdown on Roman Reigns. An assault. A mugging. Uh-oh. Kevin Owens. Oh, and sent Shane into the barricade. Oh, wait a minute. Soul kick to McIntyre. And one for Elias. Oh, and a stunner for Elias. All right, Shane McMahon Shane thought he'd escaped. And Roman Reigns dragging Shane McManus back into the ring. <laughs> I think stone call with a problem on a second stutter. <laughs> Kevin Owens has been sick of Shane McMahon. Holding on the superstars down, his complete ego trip on Raw and Smackdown Live. Owens out to put it to an end at SummerSlam. Yeah, he had a great plan, but it completely backfired. Hey right, Cole, something tells me that Roman Reigns is going to be rooting for Kevin Owens
3: come SummerSlam. And that is how your Smackdown Matters ended. It's weird watching Roman out there being second fiddle to somebody. And it's not Seth or Dean.
4: I had Keith thought um, Kevin was going to give him a um, stutter.
3: I was <laughs> nah, waiting. Nah, he would have did that. Oh, <laughs> I man. was waiting.
4: I probably would have flipped for that one. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now that would have been something that really moved. the got dog on plates right there. Right. Wow, so first, I
4: didn't even,
3: that's I, move with that one. Yeah, I, did, I didn't even think. I, mean, I wasn't even thinking like that. But now that you say kept that, looking
4: at him, I was like, "You gonna stun him?" But then they, they just went off the ad and I was like, "Okay,
3: all right." Yeah, so that's that was SmackDown for this week. I'll let Mister G Money go first on his rating one to five on this week's SmackDown, even if you watch the Hulu version. Oh, I call it like the YouTube version. Oh,
2: yeah.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, from from what I saw, I, I give it a 2.5. Oh man, it's short, it's concise, and it's only the best parts. It's always the best part. Uh, Mo to the underscore Reese, you was in a live tweet with us. What you think about this whole show in its entirety? Um,
4: that's three point five. I'll give it that. You know, some some things was kind of cool. And Dolph supercase Shawn Michaels and I'm kinda like, I'm like, okay. He can he can brag about something like that for for a couple weeks, but no. You gotta see Miz going, you know, take him out.
3: Yeah, I'm, i feel just like you. Three point five. This is a strong episode of SmackDown. They did advance uh, a lot of things towards SummerSlam, which Raw, you know, really couldn't do. So I thought they benefited a lot from not having, you know, to try to fit all those legends in. They could just kind of do their thing. So good episode of SmackDown. Next up, it's my favorite show of the week, NXT. We open with highlights from last week where Johnny Gargano attacked Adam Cole. We also see Steven Regal make the match for Takeover Toronto, where it's gonna be Cole versus Gargano three. The match will be two out of three falls there's a twist. Gargano gets to pick a stipulation and Cole gets to pick a stipulation. And if the match happens to go to a third fall, Regal gets to pick the final stipulation.
4: So three stages of hell, basically.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good twist on, you know, something that we've seen a lot of lately. Yeah.
4: But with them, they'll, they'll pull it off and it'll be something you know wonderful
3: Oh, you know it's going to be great (laughs) Uh, Jordan Miles versus Angel Garza this is the NXT breakout tournament semifinal match Miles flies into a drop kick and Garza covers for a two count Garza gets tripped up and uh, we get some kicks by Miles Miles hits a clothesline and a German suplex for the win Uh, can I reiterate again I do not like this version of ACH.
4: I mean, I've I've been seeing a lot of people saying that, like they, a lot of people are saying that they don't like this version of him. And I'm like, I really haven't seen like too many of his matches. So what was, what was just, what was just so different about him compared to what he is in
3: NXT right now? too much playing to the crowd. He He's always played to the crowd, but it's like on fucking steroids and that got doggone smiling. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my thing, man. I do not like when they make the black wrestler smile. I know I said that like last week. I do not like it. That's the thing that always got me on the wrong side with Apollo Crews and, and Jordan Miles is just flashing them braces every time he does anything. Kip up, smile. Hit the rope, smile. Uh, duck a clothesline, smile. Like, come on, man. So, actually, to me, Angel Garcia and uh, DJ Z have still been the most two impressive people in this whole tournament. I, I still think that out of the people so far, I'm going to have the most interest in seeing what they do. Yeah, is what that
4: very first match. hmm Yeah. Oh, man. That tore the house down.
3: Yeah. so after the match Shane Thorne he rushes the commentary uh, desk he rips the headphones off of Morrow, he's all shook Shane cuts the promo he's insulted by this whole damn tournament and he claims that he doesn't need the tournament to break out he can break out all on his own So that was interesting to see him just pop up out of nowhere right Johnny Gargano cuts promo on facing Adam Cole in Toronto and he says that the stipulation for his fall is a match that he knows well. It's going to be a street fight. So they're going to have one fall where they get to fight all through the building and pull out all the stops. So that should be fun. Next up, it's my fave Bianca Belair versus Zia Lee. Belair attacks at the bell and she beats down Zia Lee in the corner. She ragdolls Xia Lee and then misses a shoulder charge, but hits the glam slam. The back handspring moonsault follows. Binky then slams Xia Li back in the ring and hits a followaway slam. Binky follows with strikes, and her suplex gets countered as Xia Li follows with kicks. Belair mows her down with the shoulder block and then hits her with the KOD, and Bianca Belair is the winner. You watch this, right, Murrays? Um, no,
4: I didn't get a chance to watch it. My, um, it's happened with acting up. So I, man, I don't,
3: I don't know. I don't know what it was. I I don't know. Something happened, but man, when she, the way she hit the KOD on her, I don't know if she was happy with it or she thought it was sloppy, but Bianca Belair just had a stank look on her face when she won this match. She was not happy about something
4: she she's been on a different type of like attitude for like the past like her past couple matches she hasn't really been she's really been like i don't know if it's like she's just been like she's rubbed the wrong way and she's definitely not like the same person that we see
3: when she comes down to the rain and everything yeah she's definitely something else (laughs) yeah she she was not she was not happy with with something in this match Killian Dane, he cuts a promo on attacking Matt Riddle last week. He says it was only a glimpse and that he can't wait to show us everything that he's capable of. Now, the highlight of the show. Jessamine Duke, she's just finishing up a training session at the PC. We have the security camera footage. She gets out of the rain sits on the side of the ring for a second, you know, catches her breath. She's going to get her stuff out of the locker that's right across from the ring when all of a sudden we hear surprise motherfucker and it's Mia Yim coming from the blind side with the beat down. She slams Jessica into the lockers and then she uh, beats Jessica down in front of the lockers and then she kicks one of the lockers into Jessica's arm. I don't know how you feel about this underscore Reese. But me and him beating up chicks, I'm here for it.
4: No, I'm definitely was here I'm here for it. It was just <laughs> it was just everything that just that just played out afterwards with that that just had me like really had me like, oh well, this is some good shit right here.
3: Okay, so what they but they only again, WWE dot com, if you're not watching it, if you don't go to like their YouTube page to see the shit after the show, you never get to see it. But Stuckley Hathaway, our man Stuckley Hathaway, he's outside of the performance center. He's like, yes, I'd like to report an assault. (laughs) It's like, yes. He's like, no, I haven't been assaulted, Uh, a coworker. Yes, the person who assaulted her is Mia Yim. Her address is one And Mia Yim like walks up behind him, and he's like, yeah, mom, I'm doing great.
4: Oh, it was so good. I was just like, "What?" He just said they talked about the about the dry stick. They said, so, "You know, he me just pops up." And He's like, "Yeah, Bob, I'm doing good." I miss you too. <laughs> <laughs> and he hung up and was gone.
3: Man, this joint was so good. Like that was that a minute and a half clip did more for me and him than all those sit down interviews and all that other shit.
4: And I think basically they're doing this so that I guess they're her
3: to take the title off of um, Shana, off her of, old oh, girl. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be a, like a one-on-one. Well, the match will be one-on-one where she, just, in right. theory, doesn't have to worry about the outside interference now.
4: Right. She says she take I'm taking your girls out, so it can
3: just be me and you. <laughs> yeah, I like it, man. I like it.
4: Yeah, I'm definitely I'm here, all here for it. And am like, listen, give me some good quality matches. You know, and at first I was like, you no, know, Shayna. Basically, I was just like, oh, she gets on my nerves. She's annoying, but she's doing the heel character properly for the women's division. So, you know, it has has me more, what you
3: know, interested. Even after they gave her two people who she's like light years better than, and are like kind of holding her back, she still is freaking killing it. Right. The velveteen dream is out. He's got on this sweet looking uh, airbrush jacket that says Hollywood Dream on the back. He talks about not having the title, how that would be like being in hell. He says he can't bring himself to say that Roderick Strong that Roderick Strong stole his soul, sold his soul to the devil, just to claim victory over him. He heard that Roddy can go all night, but if he gets the experience he's asking for, the dream will be over. He says Friday will learn that he's not big enough to ride this ride, but maybe there is someone who is big enough. He calls out whoever that is so he can experience him. That's when Roderick Strong comes out and says that he can see how scared Dream is, even behind those sunglasses, because he's the most deserving challenger on this continent, and he wants his title shot at TakeOver Toronto. Roddy says the experience will die, and that's undisputed. That's when Pete Dunn's music hits. Strong, he charges up to Dunn as he's coming down the walkway. So Pete Dunn just snaps his fingers. So Ryder Strong is all down on the ground. Then Dunn gets in the ring, stares at the North American title, stares at Velveteen Dream, and then he just walks off. Velveteen Dream is like, what are you doing here? You don't even work here. (laughs) It's like he's seen a ghost. Like, oh man, so Roderick Strong is in the back. He's one of reading with Steve Regal. He says, uh, Steve Regal says he talked with Johnny Saint and he says that Pete Dunne is going to be a part of NXT for a while. Then Regal books Roderick Strong, Dream, and Pete Dunne for a takeover for the NXT North American title. Roddy says that he wants to match next week against Pete Dunne. That's a good That's setup. Good. And uh, it looks like, man, it, it might be, we might be coming to the end of that run for the old Velveteen in NXT, man.
4: Yeah, man. But Pete Dunne back in NXT. Um, I, had grab, I had to grab, my grab um, my Bruiserweight shirt. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, I was freaking marking out and enchanting Bruiserweight at the house. Still, man, this dude, I don't know how Pete O Pete Dunn is. I think he's like twenty six or twenty seven. Tyler, like, Tyler Bates like Tyler Bates like twenty two and they still had one of the best matches in WWE history.
4: And the fact that, you know, him and that Pete Dunn and Roddy uh, Roger Strong, they have history going back to that um Dusty Road classic some mm-hmm. years ago and he turned on them and that's an undisputed era form. Right it was just like, you know, that's kind of like some history right there. But then the fact that you don't have them three in the ring in the match um, at TakeOver.
3: Only thing uh, you're missing is a ladder, to be honest with you. Io <laughs> <laughs> e. Shirai is a new dark heel version of Io e. Shirai versus Casey Cancesaro a.k.a. as DD calls her, Casey So-and-so, a.k.a. Ricochet's girlfriend. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> EO Shirai hits the dropkick, the running knees, and then the backbreaker. That's when Candace LeRae runs down, and she attacks EO Shirai from behind, and we get a DQ. Candace then hits an enziguri and a suicide dive. She grabs a chair, but EO runs off before she gets a chance to use it. It's the first time I actually seen, maybe the second time I've ever seen Candace LeRae actually like in like beat a bitch up mode and not just like, <laughs> you know, hey, I'm Johnny's wife and I'm happy and we're here. She said the
4: North remembers. She said, I'm coming <laughs> for that ass.
3: <laughs> That's gonna be a fun match. A really fun match. It will be. I was like, wow.
4: It's like, because she... What she did to her was unfair. <laughs> <laughs> now um, um, Stokely had to wanna call the police, or well, somebody could have called the police on her for that.
3: <laughs> when you first saw the EO Shirai heel look, what'd you think? I'm digging it. I was like, Just... dang, how'd she get finer by becoming <laughs> right. a bad guy? <laughs> it's like, man, heel life, heel really is life. Yeah, man. Definitely is. We got Adam Cole sitting down giving us a promo. He's complaining about the unfair situation of adding Pete Dunn to that North American title match claiming that it, the NXT management is just screwing over the Undisputed Era. But he puts over Roddy Strong being able to win the title anyway. The same goes for Fish and O'Reilly beating the Street Profits. He says the prophecy is going to take place. It's shaping up. They're going to have all the gold after Toronto Takeover. He says, as for his stipulation for the two out of three falls match, he says he's going to pick a straight-up wrestling match so that when he wins, Gargano can no longer be Johnny Wrestling. It's going to be fun to figure out what Rigo does for that third fall. That's all I got to yeah. say. <laughs> Main event of the evening, it's not Donovan Vendajakovic, but it's a reasonable substitute. Damian Priest is facing off against Keith Lee in a semi-hoss match. Damian Priest counters out the spirit bomb. He hits kicks and elbows and then the falcon arrow for a two count. Priest follows with the fury of strikes. They trade uh, strikes back and forth and then Keith Lee hits the pounce. Damian Priest rolls to the floor, Keith Lee follows, he rolls him back in, where Damian Priest cuts him off. Priest then follows with a tope back to the outside, but he gets caught by Keith Lee. Keith Lee counters out of that and he throws, uh, yeah, Priest counters out of that and slams Keith Lee into the steps. Lee is pissed off as he stalks Priest back into the ring. Priest hides behind the ref, then he hits the cyclone kick and the reckoning for the win. And uh, Keith Lee looked like he had one of those uh, I'm contemplating, I'm going to have to try to maybe change up my ways. Yeah. (laughs) Looks on his face after this match. So if he's going to go heel, I'm here for it. But you know what I see when I see him? And it just hit me this week when I saw him wrestling um, because he did that damn jump up roundhouse kick like out of nowhere when they were trading strikes it occurred to me like you know what this is the type of dude Dusty Rhodes would have had so much fun with in NXT definitely because he's big like Dusty he could move like you know he can do things Dusty Rhodes could never dream of but for at that time in his size Dusty Rhodes could fucking move around that ring man he got that charisma with the crowd he can connect with the crowd I mean he can just stand there and throw his arms up and people go crazy so I am just like man if Dusty Rose would have had a chance to work with Keith Lee for a minute man no, he could have turned him into the black American dream that would have been fun but hopefully man they do something with Keith Lee he's too good to just be in this like middle role they got him in he, he could be the main event man he could be because yeah. he could he can wrestle really big guys and do all the power shit and plus flip then he can catch all the little guys and also keep up with them and do their flips. So, you know, he's he's got a good package that would allow him to have a lot of different matches if he was to ever get into the main event. But that was NXT for this week. So, very good show. I enjoyed it. The me and Yim stuff. It's always good to see Binky on the show. The promo between Roddy, Velveteen Dream. Very good with Pete Dunn coming out. So I thought this was a very, really, really strong show. And, uh, you know, headed towards SummerSlam to Brooklyn, take, uh, Toronto TakeOver. Toronto, man. Toronto TakeOver. <laughs> I know they were in Brooklyn so many times in a row. It's just like embedded in my brain. But, right. uh, yeah, Toronto TakeOver that I think is, you know, five matches. They're all going to be the shit. And SummerSlam is going to have a hard time following it up like they always do.
4: So let me let me ask you this real quick. Yes, sir. What do you think about um, they taking the new talent that they signed and having them go on two hundred five live? Like, I know we don't really talk about two hundred five live, but that um, Shane, um, the Isaiah Scott, and um, Drew Gulak match. That was some good. That was some good. Oh, that was that was wrestling. real good. That uh, was some, that was real good wrestling. Right I there. really
3: thank <laughs> you for. Um... You, you know, telling me I needed to, you know, give me the heads up on that because I rarely watch 205, and uh, but that was definitely worth it. I I'm really a big fan of this current Drew Gulak. I'm really a fan of Shane Swerve Strickland. I, I don't know who this is, Isaiah Swerve Scott dude is. But Vince
4: will always <laughs> gonna change names and stuff, man. Come, on, I'm like, just just let him keep that that name, and so that's how fans know I'm like, I Scott. I'm like. Who's going to?
3: I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't got no connection with no damn Isaiah Scott. I got connection with Kill Shot and Swerve Strickland.
4: Right. <laughs> but so, yeah, he he came out, they was just doing some, some of a great, some other great match on, um, that was a great match on Tuesday night after
3: SmackDown. Yeah, it was. The, uh, the tag team match with the, uh, it was a, a Garza. And Umberto Carrillo yeah. against uh Metal League and Kalisto. That shit was good yeah. too. It was so long, they, but it was good.
4: So that they, they, so for what so for what the rumblings is going to be, they are looking so since AEW announced that show, they're looking they this is like the talk that they're gonna combine NXT two oh five live and have that be the competition. So
3: anyway. they're gonna put it on Fox?
4: That's they keep talking about um, putting they keep talking about putting NXT on and FS1, but that's just the talk. It's not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's on a, that they announced, but that's just the rumblings that's going around right now. They talk about Wednesday night, you know, the, the competition. that I'm like, Ooh. I'm like that might could work, and everything because they got a lot of talent there, and they could. Um, it's the same
3: them. audience, and that's why it would work. In AEW and NXT, they primarily appeal to the same type of wrestling fan. Right. So that's how they could, in essence, because if they kept it on the network, nobody would really watch NXT because they could just watch it two hours later.
4: That's a, that's, a, that's I think that's a reason why a lot of the NXT talent is not really connected with the live audiences because if you sit into a network, then it's like, okay, they can just like, oh, I can watch it anytime. I don't have to sit there and watch, and I don't have to, you know, cut global to the network and watch and watch it at eight o'clock. I can watch it, you know, the next day or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's kind of was, was was, it was not having that connection with the fans and everything. Plus. We go to live show. They don't really be promoting NXT like that, and it's like you need to have a way to like it's like when you like they do it in between matches. It's like they have like little commercials, little advertisements and stuff like that. They need to do something to say, okay, NXT do that as well too. Put them put those faces out there, you know. Show some clips of some matches, so fans are like, oh well, let me go watch the, the go on the, the network and watch NXT or something like that, you know. But if they talk about moving at the FS1, then it might be it might be a little something. I'm not, I don't know. It, we just have to see. But this is what the Rumblers is. They might have that as a competition for AEW.
3: Man, I hope, I really, really, really hope not, man. I really hope not. And I'm like,
4: that would be, right, I'm just like, that would be, I'm just saying you have a lot of yeah, you just have a lot of, you know, competitors on and or in, in the time for WWE and give them some TV time, but at the same time, though, it's like,
2: <laughs>
4: it's just, I don't know, man. This is just, it's what, I don't it's, know. It's, it's, basically,
3: the it's basically their first response to trying to counter program. Right. And again, if it's on the network, there's not the same value in, in it as watching it live as it would be for the AEW show.
4: Exactly. So we'll have to we'll see how that plays out.
3: WWE had their uh second quarter earnings report. So they had their big conference call where they had all the, you know, financial people and media and all that type of stuff on a call and they were talking about how basically, everything's down. <laughs> Profits are down. Right. uh Viewership is down. Merchandise is down. Uh, But that salted money, though, keep it from like hitting the rock bottom, though. Exactly. So interesting. Um, okay.
4: Oh, I'm just saying, like, if we have Heyman and Bischoff, maybe they gonna bring to the table, you know, in those executive producer roles, there maybe it might turn the ship around, but need a lot more to do with that than just you know we got to do a lot with AEW coming coming um coming into the field to play now
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's interesting you mentioned Bischoff and Heyman Vince McMahon on that conference call on the roles that Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff have been appointed to he says I can't personally be in the weeds any longer he says they will have a lot of latitude Take that for what you may. <laughs> you can believe it, or you may not. Only time will tell. Well, like I said XFL comes back next year,
4: so he's gonna be focused on that. So he needs, you know, he needs to. I guess just like they were saying, he, you know, he passes off the reins to um, Heyman and Bischoff. Triple H takes care of NXT this is going to be playing around with the XFL so it's going to be kind of a different landscape so to speak
3: I just hope that Heyman since he's you know been there the most tenure whatever I hope he allows Triple H to throw some of his little magic in there too because me personally I'm a big fan of the way Triple H sees wrestling I like his version of wrestling I, I wish it was the version we got more consistently you know what I'm saying but we but we right. we're, we're not getting that at the time but I hope eventually Paul Heyman kind of lets triple h in a little bit more and kind of lets him get a lot of his fingerprints on it too
4: That's the next thing
3: before I turn over the podcast to Maurice for his shout outs and thank yous just want to let everybody know check out the g1. I've got links up under the "What We Are Watching" hashtag. You need to watch the Will Osprey versus Okada match from last week. You need to watch the Tomohiro Ishii versus John Moxley match. You need to watch um, who else was it? Um, Shingo Takagi versus John Moxley from last week. There's a lot of good stuff out there on the G1 from just this past week. It was a banger of a week. Um, Lance Archer and um, Lance Archer and, and, and Tanahashi had a hell of a match, dude. Like, you, you wouldn't expect the crowd to actually be behind Lance Archer if you're familiar with New Japan. But man, that crowd was all, it was like 50-50. It's like 50, 50 also Naito faced off against Ishii Tomohiro Ishii is the best bout machine in the world right now. He's taking over Kenny Omega's spot. Every time this man puts on his boots against a really credible opponent in a one-on-one match stand near classic. It's a four-star match. He is just killing it right now. Oh, Let's okay. See. Let's see what other matches I have. Um, Moxley, just going through here looking at the uh the hashtag so far, it does start back up tomorrow, which will be Saturday. Saturday and Sunday are going to be real strong because Kenta is going to face Okada and they're both undefeated in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, mm-hmm. yeah, that's going to be a banger. And then John Moxley is facing um. There's somebody that's undefeated in his block, but I forgot who it is, and they're facing off each, against each other, too, so it's going to be a heck of a, a weekend for the G1, so please check that out. Saturday night, there will be a special edition SmackDown Matters starting at 9 p.m. on the WWE Network. Kofi's going to defend the championship in a three-way against uh, Samoa Joe and Dolph, and I think Finn is going to wrestle Nakamura for the United States Championship. As well, so use the hashtag Smackdown Matters. That'll be the official hashtag for the special Smackdown. Well,
4: it's um, called it's called Smackville in Nashville. Yeah,
3: Smackville. Uh, DD Dee your name. You need to make sure you watch this because your man is supposed to have a special live performance. So we'll get to hear the sounds of Elias in Nashville. So hopefully that'll be fun. Now, nothing against Nashville the people there. What's up to uh, the Libra Icon, Dwayne you know, great
4: city.
3: (laughs) Great (laughs) town. But
4: also show conglomerate.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I would personally would have rather seen the house show from Japan the first week of the month that man. had all those fucking fire-ass matches, that had that Seth Rollins-Nakamura match that everybody was like, oh man, they just burned it down. They just made me believe in wrestling again. This is the best match that I've seen all year. But well, That does us, a, you know, the good right. does that do us.
4: I'm telling you, they have all the, all good, match, all the good matches happening on the house shows.
3: <laughs> it's like, well, damn. If y'all gonna have a pay-per-view quality match, at least show it or at least tape it and show it like, it's, a, it's just a standalone, but they're not thinking like that. So we're getting this event from Nashville that ain't got nothing nearly as that cool on it. But maybe they can deliver something we weren't expecting.
4: But so before we
3: uh, yeah, before
4: go, we go um, after, we, after Rawhead went off, I um, kind of stumbled onto uh, World of Sport. Um, it, I don't know if a lot of y'all have stadium. It's a, I guess it's a new channel. On your cable systems, but um um Steve Bennett, well we know him as Wade Barrett, he does commentary on there and um it's like it's over over at um the UK. I think Will Osprey had a match on there. Um he had a match on there
3: um Monday night. It was pretty good.
4: Even um they've been airing since like the end of June.
3: Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, folks, y'all need to get real familiar with Will Ospreay, man. More than just his little Twitter beef with Seth Rollins.
4: Right, I'm about to say that. <laughs> like, don't, don't let that. Don't let that fool you. That man can really go in the right
3: yeah. Don't let Seth Rollins' opinion of what he is and who he is cloud your opinion. Go watch his matches. He is on pace to be the wrestler of the year for this year.
4: Definitely.
3: He's had tremendous matches this year the match against Okada the ma- he wrestled Kota Ibushi that's another match you guys need to check out underneath the what we were watching hashtag from the G1 he's had in like four days he had like a four star match and a five star match dude is pretty damn good right now so Maurice I'm gonna turn it over to you man for your shout outs and thank you
4: uh, shout out to you Don. thanks for having me on shout out to Greg D.D. Um shout out to Classic, shout out to Mel, because as DD said, she always gets shout-outs. Um, shout out to um Juba Jule, Hope to see her at Raw on Um Labor Day in Baltimore. Um everybody who be in the you know our the raw cast, SmackDown so we be talking, wrestling, everything. You know, shout out to everybody. We we have a good time. Some of y'all get loose and carried away. I'm not going to take it down. I'm just going gonna, gonna to let it slide. Some of y'all be taking away with your comments, but it's all good, though. You know, it's wrestling, and, you know, all of us are different fans in our own type of way, so to speak. So, um, yeah. Also, shout out to the popcorn. Um, butter popcorn. Delicious. <laughs> exactly. When, you, when you're really hungry or something like that. You got to yeah.
3: get that movie theater butter popcorn, though. You got to up the grade a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I'd like to thank Mo underscore Reese for joining us this week on the podcast. i also like to give a shout out to the Rawcast broadcast journalist Magnum Prime for being able to slide in. Uh, join us for a couple of segments. That's always good to have Greg on. Give a shout out to Miss Didi Jone out there in the world. I hope she's doing well. Shout out to Jades the Max. All the gorgeous ladies of the cast, thank y'all for you all support. Everybody who listens each and every week. All the podcasters here on CSPN. Also, check out CSPN.us. Click on that link that says keep our podcast free. Shout out with our sponsors. Help keep the show free each and every week. Also, check out the Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. Check out The Dark Match. Uh, Anwar Starwin and Terry's Boy, they joined me. For this week's Dark Match, uh, we go in-depth a little bit on those comments made by Seth Rollins. His doubling down of his comments that he made earlier this week about uh, Will Ospreay and the comments he made about Dean Ambrose taking food off his table. We go in-depth about uh, that, and uh, we talk about uh, some other things going on in wrestling Uh, To be very honest with you guys, you guys might want to start subscribing to The Dark Match, especially when AEW starts, because probably most of our coverage of AEW is going to be taking place over there, just because we don't want to make this podcast three hours. and uh, If we (laughs) we added AEW to this list of reviews, it would just be ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, you know, go ahead and get on board now. Uh, We've got over... You know, probably about seventy different dark match episodes, various conversations about wrestling. Sometimes not about wrestling, but once AEW does kick off, that's probably where our more of our coverage is going to be. So just a heads up on that. Also, there's merch for the WrestleCast. Uh, Teespring.com forward slash stores CSPN You can get your coffee mug. You can get your I'm a Dijon guy shirt. WrestleCast shirts. So please support the podcast. If you're going to a live event and you might be on the hard camera side, buy some merch, support the show. So get this on screen so I can like screen cap it and tweet it out. And everybody can be like, we was in the building. So thank you once again, Mo underscore Reese for joining me. Thanks to Magnum prime for also joining us. I'm your host, Don DeLaRente. This has been episode 247 of the WrestleCast. Please stay tuned for the parting promo.
0: So before I get into this match with Samoa Joe, before that happens, I want to issue a challenge to the man who I hope will be my opponent at SummerSlam. The man who I hope will accept this challenge. And before he comes out here and attacks me while I'm not looking, I want to call him out here face-to-face. And that man... It's Randy Orton. Now Randy, I called you out here because you and I, we got a little bit of history, don't we? Now a lot of people might not remember, but I remember clear as day. November 16th, Madison Square Garden. Arena sold out. Everybody on their feet. Everybody in the arena yelling at the top of their lungs, chanting my name. <laughs> yeah, they remember. Because that was the night that I whooped your ass all over the arena. That moment still gives me goosebumps to this day. To this day, because that was supposed to be the moment that I took it to the next level. That was supposed to be the moment that I made it to the main event scene. But that's not what happened, is it, Randy? No, that's not what happened at all. Let's talk about the truth, okay? Let's talk about what really happened. Real life, you use your influence to hold me down, to hold me back, to ensure that I would never reach the main event scene again. And it almost worked. It almost worked until it didn't. Because ever since that moment, I kept on grinding. I kept on pushing. I kept on believing in myself. I found the power of positivity, which is very, very real. And I became what you never wanted me to be. You're the, the E world heavyweight champion.
7: You think that I used my influence to hold you back. You're damn right I did. I was doing you a favor. You see, you weren't ready back then, Kofi. And you're not ready now. That title is a fluke. Now you come out here and you brag about how hard you worked for the last 11 years. What about my 18 years on top? And just so you know, I never had to work hard a day in my life to get where I am in this company because all I had to do was be Randy Orton and that reminds me that reminds me this year's past Wrestlemania it's only because of me that you had a title shot at Wrestlemania against Daniel Bryan yeah that's right want me to explain why because I injured Ali before the elimination chamber and you took his place So what I'm trying to say in a nutshell, Kofi, is that you don't deserve that championship. And I could take it from you whenever I want.
0: Whenever you want, right? But well, why don't we put that to the test at SummerSlam? Randy Orton versus Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship.
7: You want it? You got it. But just so you know, when it's all said and done, this little 11-year fairy tale you've been living comes to a screeching halt, courtesy of the three most destructive letters in sports entertainment.
6: RKO.